0: Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, Asher Lowe is in to give us a little bit of a basketball break in the middle of the big week of football. Big Ten playing really well to start off the Big Ten ACC Challenge, and we're going to have some conference basketball games by the time the week is done. We'll have all that with Asher right here, right now, on Locked On Big Ten. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to make your second listen, Locked On Badgers, where Asher Lowe is Monday through Friday, filling in on everything you need to know about Wisconsin. And on every Wednesday, he joins us on the program, too. Today, we're going to talk basketball, get you an update on the hardwood in the middle of, of course, the biggest week of the year in football season for the Big Ten, at least, as we get ready for the championship game down in Indy. But let's start, Asher, with what happened last weekend real quick. We'll talk a little bit of football off the start. How are you doing after losing to Minnesota and losing out on that Big Ten title game on Saturday?
1: Uh, I mean, it was surprising, obviously, based on how they would played the last seven weeks. But I don't think I was actually too shocked at how they did lose the game. It's the exact kind of loss we saw for the first few weeks of the season. It's basically, all four losses for Wisconsin were the same exact mold and I think it can hopefully spur some significant changes maybe in philosophy or thought going into next year. And, like, there wasn't a ton to play for. Obviously, if they get to Indy, they still have three losses. They're not playing for a playoff spot. But you would have loved to see Wisconsin finally getting a shot at a non-Ohio State in Indianapolis. So that really does hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, you talk about big changes. What, What are some of those things you're thinking?
1: Um. You know, I'm thinking less on Paul Christ's plate. This Mm -hmm. year he was the OC, the quarterbacks coach, and the head coach. I think that was unfair for him to put himself in that position. And he did it to himself, but I don't think that was the right move. I think he had way too much going on. And I think that bringing in somebody from outside the traditional Wisconsin family, either to be that, probably to be that OC, probably to be the OC slash quarterbacks coach, would be a wise move. I think getting some outside perspective on this offense that struggled all year, would be the way to go. I think maybe bringing in competition for Graham Mertz at quarterback could be a way to go. In the transfer portal, there's going to be a lot of great options at quarterback for Wisconsin to look to. So those would be the two biggest things, fixing the offense in terms of next season what I'm looking for this offseason.
0: All right, well, we've got plenty of football to discuss throughout the course of this week. Again, we're going to try and update you on what's going on on the hardwood here on a Wednesday show with Asher. So let's start by talking about this Big Ten ACC challenge that kind of, at least for everybody, kicks off the first week of really serious basketball. Teams are playing good games. Wisconsin, which we'll talk about in a second, is playing good teams. But not everybody is, and we know everybody will be at least at some point when they get through their ACC team. And then at the end of the week, we'll have Big Ten basketball to worry about, too. But as we record, we've actually not gotten through the results of the Tuesday games. We're recording pretty early on Tuesday, actually. So we only know that Big Ten's 2-0 so far. But it's something I mentioned before. I feel like this beginning of the season kind of tournament for a lot of teams, Like, if you are playing some of those just nobody schools, it can be kind of uneasy how you feel about the confidence you have in a team. I feel like these are like these first games where you get kind of a benchmark of, all right, this is where our team really is. What do you look for when you're going through this early part of the season when you're facing off against, especially in the Big Ten team, you know you're going to have an ACC team. What do you look at when you're watching these games as to what to try and take away, what actually does matter, and what stuff is the things that you kind of push aside as just either early season jitters or not knowing each other well enough right away or, or, or anything else.
1: I think we're turners that are supposed to be big parts of your team this coming year. You should look at where they've grown, where they haven't grown. I think you can tell that uh, pretty early, depending, depending on competition, obviously that matters a little bit, but most big 10 teams now have at least played one or two games where you're saying, okay, they're playing a decent team. They're playing a team that represents a big 10 team at some level of the conference. So you can pretty much evaluate those games and evaluate them fairly. And so those returners, those guys coming back that are expected to fill bigger roles than they had last year, how are they looking? What skills have they added? What skills have they not added and all that good stuff. And then obviously you're a true freshman, always fun to watch new guys, guys that were highly touted recruits, guys that come in with a lot of stars with a lot of high rankings with 24, seven sports, putting them as, you know, four or five star guys and top guys in their state coming out of high school. It's always fun to see, what they look like in the first few weeks and how they're adapting to the college game, how they're adapting to college speed, how they're fitting in with the pieces around them, how much they're playing and rotations. That'd be the third thing I would get into in terms of playing time. Like you're looking at Purdue, a team that even in their games where they're playing a right state or they're playing uh, a Bellarmine game, one of the season, you're still looking at how is Trayvon Williams playing next to Zach Eady? Are they playing together at all? Are they splitting time? Who's starting? And that's all interesting questions that I do think will be, answering questions we'd have later down in the season, because I don't think the rotations are going to change that much when Purdue gets into big 10 play against your Michigan's Ohio state's Wisconsin's of the world.
0: Yeah. I think it also just gives people a little bit of an idea of just whatever the plan is and how it's working, because I feel like people get caught up a lot in like big changes that teams make throughout the course of the season. I'm personally in belief that like, yeah, sometimes teams have to switch things up halfway through, but a lot of the time it's more, not really changing what you're doing, but really just figuring out and getting used to and taking advantage of the things that you you know are strengths, and really just owning what it is that you're trying to do throughout the course of the season. I just feel like it has that kind of a value of given that kind of just, I don't know, like I said, just overall insight as to what a team's going to be about through at the earliest point, I guess. But again, everything changes throughout the course of it seems like a week in the big 10. So we're not, trying to hang too much on the results of these games Uh, moving on to the end of the week we're going to have big 10 basketball asher just uh, i mean more of the same really as we'll have kind of that one week period from the end of this week to the end of next week when teams are going to be playing big 10 games Uh, i mean obviously those matter more because they count for the conference record and all that but it's going to be fun to watch all that too let's get into actual teams starting with your wisconsin badgers because they've been playing well they've been shooting the leather off the ball right now and this wisconsin team looks like it's well-deserving of the top 25 ranking that it now has what's been going so well for this team early on johnny davis has been going so well
1: 71 (laughs) points in three games in las vegas wisconsin won the maui invitational in las vegas they won three games in three days beating texas a&m houston saint mary's all back to back to back and jd had career highs in the first two games set new career highs for himself in those two had 30 against houston one of the best defensive teams in the country, expected to be and and has been one of the best defensive teams in the country this year, and so puts up the 30-piece. And he's been doing it in tons of different ways. He's been doing it from the three-point line. He's been doing it off pick and roll as the ball handler. He's been fighting that little floater, that little mid-floater. He's finding his mid-range jumper. He's getting all the way to the rim. He's been doing it in a ton of different ways. He's getting to the line, uh, doing everything for this team. And the only loss, of course, for Wisconsin this year to Providence, Johnny Davis wasn't playing. So. You can't really even put too much stock into that loss, that home loss to Providence. Tyler Wall has been, when I'm talking about returners and looking for what they've brought and what they've added in the offseason, he's the guy that's added the most for Wisconsin to be. I always knew Johnny would be this good, and I think this is just more opportunity than him being so much better than he was a year ago. But Tyler Wall looks like a totally different player offensively than when he stepped onto campus uh, to where he is right now. He's been amazing as a post-up scorer. He's patient in the post, a good passer out of the post, really good for the Wisconsin swing offense because they really want versatile bigs, guys that can. And there's a reason they recruit Tyler Walls is because he can sit on the wing in the swing. He can be that kind of elbow, uh, catches the first pass in the swing, pops up, and then makes a decision, makes a read. Or he can be a guy that gets post-up touches in the swing offense. And all three of those things he's comfortable with, and that's really the big three of the swing, I would say, uh, in terms of the things you're asked to do and what you have to do well to be successful in it. And he's doing all three of those things well. And then the freshmen have been fun. Chucky Hepburn is a heck of a point of attack defender. He's going to give Big Ten guards absolute nightmares all season long in the conference. And uh, the Nebraska product's been awesome so far, I think, on that end of the floor. A ways to go for him on offense to me. And I think that that'll come with time and the game will slow down for him a little bit. And uh, he'll get more comfortable with his handle as time rolls on. But really love what I've seen from him. As a defender, I think he's going to be guarding the best guard on other Big Ten teams Wisconsin plays all season long. And that's saying a lot for a true freshman with a program that hasn't started a true freshman in their season opener in almost 20 years before Chucky got there. The last one was Devin Harris, and he was a lottery pick. So Chucky, obviously, probably not going to follow in those footsteps, but uh, he's going to be a heck of a four-year guy as a Badger.
0: Going back to Johnny Davis for just a second, he maybe. I don't think maybe you do. You can expect him to keep up exactly what he's been doing to start the season. But you mentioned you knew he would always be this good. He's exploded mm-hmm. as a scorer this season, averaging 20 points per game. And again, you don't maybe expect that to keep up. But what was it and what is it about him that you saw last year as he was coming off the bench and starting a few games that? You saw in him that was so special. And what is it that he's done to just kind of turn it up now that he's gotten that opportunity that makes him such a special scorer and just what he's able to do with the ball for people that haven't watched any of those Wisconsin games. And if you haven't, I suggest you do. It's been, again, like you said, just a fun team to watch early.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think what makes, what makes Johnny different is the way he moves. And you saw that last year early in the year, even with limited reps as a freshman, the way he kind of glides around the court, the way that his balance keeps him in control all the time and the way he jumps, like his second jump, the way he jumps for boards, the way he attacks the glass, all that stuff just looked a little bit different than what you're used to seeing at Wisconsin. And frankly, what you're used to seeing from most college basketball players, it looked pretty next level. And I think that the experience he got over the summer was really important uh, at the FIBA, uh, FIBA U19 championships and winning gold there and playing with a bunch of guys that, our studs and that are college basketball's best, you know, playing with Chet Holmgren, playing with Mike Miles, playing with Kennedy Chandler, playing with Patrick Baldwin Jr. I think that helped him a ton uh, playing that competition and probably playing them in practice every day helped him a ton, right? Gave him a lot of confidence and told him that, you know, I, I belong at this level of elite guys in college basketball. He's getting to the line. He's making his free throws when he gets there in Maui. He didn't miss a free throw. He was 15 of 15 from the line. That's a guy that shot 71% from the line last year. And there's no reason he shouldn't be shooting in the 80s. And I think he'll stay in the 80s this year. And that's only going to increase his scoring output, obviously. And I think he can get to the line even more than he did in Maui. But I think it's a a whole new level of confidence for him, knowing that he has the keys to the car. Like He's the guy now. Seniors are gone. Uh, This is his team. It's his offense. And at the end of a shot clock last year, it was kind of panic mode. At the end of a shot clock this year, it's get out of the way. Give Johnny
0: a... Prize picks is the place to go for your daily fantasy sports if you're looking to do it with college football players. Now, there are just quite frankly, too many sites out there where you can play daily fantasy nowadays. But no one does it quite like Picks with how in-depth they get with their college football options. Whether you're looking for Power 5 players or group of 5 players to be able to get into your daily fantasy lineups, you can do it over at Picks and play the game in a way that other sites just aren't offering. So head on over to PrizePicks.com, enter in our promo code LOCKEDON for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $100. Or Go to the app store or wherever you get your apps and download the Prize Picks app. Again, you're going to want to at least try it out. It's a new way to play daily fantasy. And again, you're going to get hooked if you're a college football fan, especially. Back here on Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Asher Lowe of Locked On Badgers is with us every Wednesday and back on with us here today as well. To talk to us about what's going on on basketball in the big 10 in the middle of a big football week. Of course, we, we got to take at least a day here. I wanted to set aside to talk about all the basketball going on because it is a big week for the big 10. And we also get a chance just to kind of update people on the first stretch here. of The season is I, I haven't done much basketball stuff with the big football, of course, still taking center stage, but Asher is here with us now to break things down. And I want to wrap things up with the Asher by talking about the two teams in Michigan who Illinois, who were ranked preseason, now have, in one team's case, fallen out Michigan on the brink of falling out of that top 25 with two losses to both of their names, Uh, starting with, I guess, the Illini. They lost to Marquette. They lost to Cincinnati, only beat Rio Grande Valley by nine recently. I think we talked about this at the start of the season too, but was this team just a little bit maybe too much overrated going into the year with where they had been put in the top 25 preseason?
1: Very overrated to me. I think I said that on
0: our preseason. They were
1: completely overrated to me. I didn't really understand it at all. And the Marquette loss, I can't really talk about too much only because Kofi wasn't playing, and I don't think that's super fair to evaluate because you're assuming you're going to have Kofi Coburn back. He was serving that three-game suspension for the money he took and then gave back You know, NCAA stuff, right? But he's back, played his first game against Cincinnati in a 20-point loss. Now, that's a Cincinnati team, by the way, that's been – Early, they were better than we thought they were, and then they lost to Monmouth yesterday, or on Saturday. So, I, I don't know. They're, they're a hard one to evaluate, but they looked a lot better in that tournament they were playing in. They almost beat Arkansas in that championship game of that tournament they were playing, and they looked a lot better than I thought they were going to be early in the year. they got a ton of different weapons, and uh, whether it be you know Mike Saunders Jr., Jeremiah Davenport, David DeJulius, they have a bunch of guys that can beat you offensively, and Davenport and Saunders Jr. combined for 39 against Illinois. but this game, I think, showed me a lot of what's going to be wrong with Illinois all season long. They just don't have enough offensive weapons that you can trust. I think that's what I said mm-hmm. on the preseason pod, is they don't have the front-line depth offensively. Hawkins and Grandison, I don't trust either offensively every single night at all. Mm-hmm. Trent Frazier had a goose egg in this game in 33 minutes, which simply can't happen if it just can't happen for this team this year. like He has to be – a 12, 13 point a game guy if this team wants to live up to their preseason expectations. And Coburn and Curbelo combined for 30 and nobody else really gave them anything offensively. And that's going to be the, and that's a very good defensive team in Cincinnati. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I love Wes Miller. I love what he's bringing there, but I don't really see it offensively for this team consistently. Now the Notre Dame win yesterday, that's not a Notre Dame team that I think is going to be in the tournament. It's a better Notre Dame team than it's been over the past couple of years, but that's not saying much. Kofi Coburn went off. They don't really have a guy to stop him uh, on Notre Dame. Nate Lashevsky, Paul Atkinson, neither is a huge, great rim protector defender. And Kofi went off 28 and eight at home. Alfonso Plummer has been probably the biggest revelation so far early in the season. And if you're wondering about a guy that could be the person that provides surprise offense for this team, I would definitely look at him. Uh, He's it kind of looks like when you watch him play, you kind of think it's Trent Frazier. If you've never, if you've never watched this team, like you might look at him and be like, was that Trent Frazier making that three? Their jumpers look very, very similar. They're about the same size. They shoot kind of the same shot profile of shots. It's going to be mostly threes from Alfonso Plummer. And he's a heck of a three-point shooter. Uh, hasn't been insanely efficient in every game, but it's had games where you just can't miss. Like the Kansas State game went seven of nine from three, basically won them that game by himself. Rio Grande Valley, he kind of saved them with a 30-point performance. Uh, Went six for 11 from three again. So, like, look at his last three games. He shot nine threes against Kansas State, 11 threes against Rio Grande Valley, 11 threes against Notre Dame. He's going to be a huge element of this offense, and his shooting is going to be absolutely needed when they get into Big Ten play. He's a senior. uh, He's a guy that played at Utah the last two years and came over from Utah's program, a very, very good program they have going uh, in utah one of the better pac 12 programs over the last decade but he's going to have to be huge offensively if this team wants to live up to preseason expectations of which i don't think they're going to live up to
0: yeah i, I think with illinois again i think this is something we talked about when we talked about in, in the preseason I, I, it was a team where like before kofi Cockburn announced he was coming back they had them at like a fringe top 25 squad and a little bit outside maybe even but then he announces he's coming back and the projections or analysts or whatever, bump them up to like, whatever it was 13, 14, 15 in those rankings. And it's just Kofi Cochran's a great player. But with what Illinois needed to get better at to be able to be in that kind of a range, I don't feel like he adds that kind of thing. So like it's, you bring back one of the best players in college basketball, sure. And he's going to, as we saw on Monday, do his thing against a team like Notre Dame score 38 points. But As far as what that team is, it's just I I don't feel like a lot of what made that team great last year, what made that team a top 15 team last year, Kofi Korkburn doesn't fill those holes in a way that I feel like a lot of people thought that he did. But again, we'll see what ends up happening with Illinois as the season goes on. Obviously, there is still a lot. Of talent on that roster as is there on the Michigan Wolverines roster which makes their two losses all that more confusing. Lost to Seton Hall and then one to Arizona as well. It's easy to say that this is just a really talented team that hasn't gotten a lot of playing time together but that doesn't mean you lose to Seton Hall with that amount of talent Asher what do you make of what Michigan's done?
1: Yeah I watched the entire Seton Hall game and Caleb Houston really struggled probably struggled more than I've seen him in any other game this year so far. And he's a freshman. He's a true freshman. He's a guy that's expected to take a huge role as a true freshman. But I thought they really, really missed in that Hall game. they really missed the presence of Mike Smith, who last year, the Columbia transfer, came over from the Ivy League. There were all the questions about, is he going to be able to replicate the success he had there in the Big Ten? And the answer was an overwhelming yes. All year long, I thought he was their engine. He was the guy that settled things down when they needed to be settled down. He hit timely threes, played really good defense, didn't turn the ball over. He was a perfect point guard. For them. And I think he was the reason I was undervaluing them so much coming into the year last year is because I didn't realize how much of an impact he would have. And man, was he incredible. Devontae Jones really struggled in this game, like struggled mightily with his decision making. And when I'm talking about Devontae Jones, if you don't know that name, transferred from Coastal Carolina, kind of the same mold as Mike Smith. Mike Smith leaves, they bring in another mid-major transfer, a guy who averaged 20 a game in uh, obviously a mid-major conference, right? Playing for Coastal Carolina and you bring him in and you're expecting him to kind of fill that Mike Smith role. And he did a very poor job of it in this individual seat and hall game. It's early in the year, but his decision-making, it just wasn't the same level of calm as I saw with Mike Smith leading the way as that lead ball handler for Michigan a year ago. And Franz Wagner is a freaking massive loss. Are you watching what this guy is doing in the NBA at all? I mean, he's he's a star. Like he's going to be an NBA star. And I couldn't believe it. it's happening this quick, but I'm not super shocked it's happening. Uh, he's balling for the Orlando Magic right now. If you're not watching him and you're a Michigan fan, go watch some of the highlights of him uh, in the NBA so far. he has been unbelievable. But he was some serious glue last year for this team. I hope Kobe Bufkin gets some more time. Uh, backup point guard freshman, a guy that – Is pretty electric with the ball in his hands. Had a really nice layup, uh, two layups, I think, in this Seton Hall game. But this was a weird game. Seton Hall kind of hung around for a while and then just made one huge push. Michigan missed some free throws, and Jared Roden uh, was awesome in the second half. But Michigan probably shouldn't have lost that game. I think they were up nine with, I want to say, seven, eight minutes left. Seton Hall made one last push. The Arizona game, Michigan ran into a team that's better than them. Flat out. Arizona's better than Michigan. I think better at almost every facet right now. Uh, they have a perfect Hunter Dickinson neutralizer in Christian Coloco, a guy that also would give Kofi a ton of problems, by the way. 7 1, shot blocker, uh, much better finisher around the rim than uh, people think he was coming into this year, I think at least. Uh, Benedict Matterin, who's a guy that a lot of NBA prospects or a lot of NBA scouts, sorry, are talking about as a serious prospect, 19 year old. Canadian 6'6 wing, looks like an NBA guy, has an NBA-ready body, and drops 16 in this game. And then you have a ton of different options uh, off the bench. You have a guy like Tubelis who can provide offense. Basically, every guy in this Arizona starting lineup is a guy I'm worried about offensively if I'm a defensive-minded uh, coach, and I'm a- analyzing them, scouting them. And that's pretty rare in college basketball, to have five guys in your starting lineup where you have to account for every single one of them on the offensive end of the floor How many teams really have that in college basketball? There's always one or two guys where you're like, okay, like I'm going to not worry about him tonight. Not on the scouting report tonight. If he beats us, fine. Arizona doesn't have one of those in the starting lineup. And they're going to be, in my opinion, the team to beat in the Pac-12, not UCLA. I think it's going to be Arizona this year. And so I don't think that's actually, I mean, the 18-point fashion in which it happened, bad loss. I think Arizona is better than Michigan. It's flat out, simple as that.
0: BetOnline.ag is Going strong with everything you need to bet on all of the sports anywhere, really. Head on over to the site. Again, betonline.ag. If you haven't been in a while, because they've been a sponsor here for a while, you've been hearing about them for a while on Locked On Big Ten. If you don't already know about what they've got new over at BetOnline, go check it out. New website looks nice. New bets and ways to bet out there so you can find new ways to make money, find new ways to outsmart these guys. I mean, it's new stuff for them too. So maybe you have a little bit of edge as they're starting out and trying to figure things out, head on over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and get to it right now. Again, BetOnline, the place to go for your online sportsbook needs. Today's episode of Locked On Big Ten brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar is the place to go for any of your protein needs, whether it be their bars, Built Boost, Built Go, the little gel packets that they have, any of it is going to be able to get you through their day and do it without putting your body through any of the terrible stuff that some other energy and protein supplements have. Built Bars have 100% dark chocolate in them while keeping things under 150 calories and under 5 net grams of carbs and sugars in almost all bars. It's everything you want, nothing you don't over at Built.com where you can use our promo code LOCKED20 to get 20% off your order. Again, go to built.com and at least check out what they've got new flavors coming out all the time. And again, you can try it at built.com with promo code locked 20. Well, I mean, at least from what you you saw in those games, how far is Michigan away from at least uh, trying to figure this out? That's a hard question to, I guess, answer, but it's how bad did it look? Or how I guess not bad did it look? How much improvement is there to be made for this team to start looking like the team that uh, we Hope it can be because we hope it can be really fun. Like
1: I said, they had some really good moments against Seton Hall. Mm -hmm. That game shouldn't have been lost, and it was. The Arizona game, they ran into a buzzsaw. They ran into a team playing their best basketball, playing some of the best basketball in the country right now early in the season, and that's the Arizona Wildcats. So I don't think they're that far from turning it around. I think at North Carolina is an interesting one because North Carolina has also had their – fair share of early season struggles, a 17 point loss to Tennessee, a nine point loss to Purdue, and a game with Charleston where they really struggled for the majority of it, could have easily lost that game, and Armando Baycott kind of bailed them out at the end in the second half. But that Michigan-North Carolina game on Wednesday night is a game that both teams, I think, really need at this stage of the season as we get ready for conference play. Very similar path so far for those two. They've taken care of the games they've had to win. When they've ran into good teams, they've fell short early in the year. They haven't – neither of them has had a win yet where you're like, okay, that's a win we can point to and say, look, they beat a really damn good team. And this is the first chance for both to do that. And I think Michigan obviously has its advantage going on the road in this one, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. But you have a, a set of two games actually for Michigan where they can get it all back in two games before the Big Ten play starts. They get North Carolina on the road. They get San Diego State and a very good San Diego State team, a team that struggles offensively at times, but uh, has really, really good talent up and down that roster. Matt Bradley coming over from Cal, Trey Pulliam, a bunch of guys that can create problems. So back-to-back tough matchups for Michigan in the non-conference and a really good chance to go 2-0 and feel good about yourselves heading into conference play.
0: Yeah, again, that, that one will be, a, well, I guess tonight when people are listening, again, we're talking on Tuesday, which means that uh, it's, actually already had a lot of the Big Ten ACC challenge happen by the time that you're listening to this one. Asher, you think that uh, Ohio State knocked off Duke in what will be yesterday when people are hearing?
1: I think it's going to be very, very, very close. And I think Value City Arena is probably the reason why it's going to be very close. I mean, a true road environment is a rare thing for college basketball teams at this stage of the year. Most of them haven't done it yet. And guess who hasn't done it yet? Duke. They played Mm -hmm. Gonzaga in Vegas. They played Kentucky At the Champions Classic, they've played great teams, yes. They've beaten great teams, yes. They haven't beaten them on the road. And that's a whole different experience when you're heading into a raucous Ohio State Buckeye arena into Columbus. Uh, It's a whole different thing. And I think that game is going to be right down to the wire, very, very close. Give me Duke in a one-possession ball game at the end.
0: We'll see if you're right or if people are laughing at you as they're listening now, Asher, and then you'll be back either way on next week's show on Wednesday, as always. If you need more Asher Lowe by that time, head on over to Locked On Badgers. It's Monday through Friday. Everything you need to know about Wisconsin. Unfortunately, no more Big Ten Championship football game to talk about this weekend. But again, a really good basketball team to get the distraction, at least into your head and away from that football. A fun basketball
1: team, Nate. A fun basketball team. For the first time in a few years, we're having fun out there. (laughs)
0: They are. I mean, and they, are, if, again, if you watched them, you know, they're hitting shots they are running up and down. It's not quite the uh, Wisconsin brand of basketball that you're used to, but again, it's fun to watch. We'll have Asher on next week, maybe after some more Wisconsin basketball wins to talk more about anything that happens in locked big 10 tomorrow. We've got Matt Sheehan on to break down everything going on with bowl game scenarios who could go where. And, and also we got to talk about the biggest bets in the big 10 title game. It's We'll try and get some fun props with the uh, Matt, too, in that one. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On at Big Ten. Thanks for making us your first listen every day of the week.